Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make Well, it's uh, it's been a little while since uh, we've been on Blog Talk Radio, so it's good to be back. And uh, I'm I uh, I reward you for joining us and sticking with us. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna get uh, much better about our uh, regularity here um, as we get rolling in this new year. So welcome to uh, the catch at Blog Talk Radio where we like to talk about the world from a Christian perspective. We like to talk about our culture. We like to talk about what's going on and how on earth do we represent Jesus Christ in the middle of all this. And uh, tonight uh, is, is no exception at all uh, because uh, in many ways tonight goes right where well, our subject runs right into uh, what so many are facing uh, in our in our culture today, and uh, uh, if you got your catch this morning and you read it, you uh, read some of the thoughts of our guest, and um, uh, who kind of led us to uh, a talk by uh, Doctor uh, uh, Arthur, and now I forgot Brooks. Um, from uh, uh, Harvard and uh, uh, on loving our enemies. What an incredible topic. <laughs> wow. Wow. Seated on his, on his right was Donald Trump and seated on his left was Nancy Pelosi. Now that's, that's just quite a picture right there uh, in and of itself. And uh, so uh Doug is uh, one who does a lot of thinking about things like this. Uh, he has been a pastor. He's been uh, a college professor. He's been an executive director of uh, leadership organizations. And uh, most recently, uh, he kind of found a niche as a, as a transitional pastor uh, for uh, actually five different churches um, not all at the same time, I don't think, uh, as they go through changes. And uh, um, he has special gifts uh, in uh, healing congregations and, and, and build, rebuilding. Um, and uh, God has really used him uh, in, that, in that way. Um, so uh, we're really fortunate to have Doug. He's He's just got a big heart. He's got a real compassion uh, for the world, and and if there's anybody who resonates with our our uh, mantra here of of uh, grace turned outward, uh, it would be Doug. So, uh, Doug, welcome 
back because this isn't the first time as a guest here on on the catch blog talk radio hey john good to be with you yeah yeah okay what a uh what an amazing uh uh situation we had presented there at the prayer breakfast a couple weeks ago um i often even wonder how something like that came about that uh, 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 Arthur Brooks does he not doesn't he have a recent book called uh, Love Your Enemies am I right about that yes it just came out so he was um, he was really went to the heart and soul of his of his message from that book which of course goes right back to the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount and uh, somebody must have known that you know whoever <laughs> i assume yeah <laughs> whoever chooses people but uh what a, what a picture um let's just well the timing back. was was uncanny considering where the world is right about now and our political yeah. scene so that he would be talking about that with these individuals you know right to the right and left of him was yes. uh, an, an amazing moment it took a lot of courage whoever invited him and then for him to speak that and then, of course, those individuals also spoke in uh, in response or reaction to that too. So it was uh, pretty dramatic. Very much so. Yeah. Um, Doug, why why has this become? Why has our society gotten so abrasive? It seems like in the last few years. It, it, I guess we've been headed this way, but. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people in, in some ways, you know, uh, Donald Trump has a, an abrasive character about him. And a lot of people might blame blame him for it. But uh, I remember having uh, Oz Guinness on on here once and uh, he said, no, no, we he says we created Trump. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Trump didn't create the problem. The problem was already here. And, uh, and and yet, where does it, where does it come from? There just seems to be a real impatience with people and a lot of anger and, uh, polarization and hatred. Um, and is this happening all over the world or is this just, uh, uh, an American uh, phenomenon. Do you do you know anything about that? Um, well, it's certainly been amped up. I mean, conflict is always there. Uh, very often, there's a veneer of uh, of politeness on the surface, but if you scratch it, if something happens, if the conflict goes deeper, if uh, there's a lot more at stake, as there has been in the last few years, then all of a sudden that veneer is gone, and uh, that civility that we count on um, disappears, and uh, then we we all kind of sink to the lowest possible level because everybody wants to be heard, which means you've got to shout louder and be meaner and be tougher, and those become virtues. And it is happening around the world. You look at some of the the leaders who are in the spotlight now around the world, whether it's in China or Russia or Venezuela or Philippines or, um, you know, wherever you might go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in in Europe as well. There's a a real – as you say, polarization, a real division that's taking place. Um, and it's, again, it's not surprising because that's the way human beings tend to 
um, we, we tend to wander in that direction because we're, we're looking as, a, as the pendulum swings wildly from one side to the other and we kind of get destabilized and there's some chaos. We're looking for somebody to bring order in. And um, so we go from either anarchy on the one hand to um, dictatorship on the other hand and, and, and back and forth. And the world is roiling right now with this kind of uh, controversy. It's, it's going on everywhere. But but we're kind of the focal point right now because we have a leader who is, um, you know, very flamboyant and very uh, outspoken to say the least. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was inter- interesting to hear his response to the talk at this prayer breakfast because he had a response to it. Yeah. T- tell us about that. Um, how how did, well, he did he? I think he spoke right after uh, Dr. He did. Brooks. He did. He stood yeah. up, and again, he was uh, candid, as he often is, uh, blunt, as he can be, and uh, right in the middle of the whole impeachment controversy. Um, and so he's hearing from uh, Dr. Brooks about the words of Jesus, love your enemies. And, of course, he wrapped the whole message around that and how we can reverse this culture of contempt, at least beginning with me, with us. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, the president's hearing that and stood up, and as he often does off the cuff, when he's off script, you know, you're going to get what he really, really, really feels. And he said something like, I'm not sure I'm quoting exactly, but very close to, um, uh, I'm not sure I agree with you, Dr. Brooks, which, of course, means he's not agreeing with the person Brooks is quoting. And uh, I don't know if if Trump was even aware of that level of, of disconnect, but um, it mm-hmm. – um, and then Pelosi spoke later, and there was a lot going on in the room. And obviously, we've got now, you know, a uh, alienated uh, two-party system right now, um, and there's no end in sight, no solution in sight. I know, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just you know, watching the uh, <clears throat> the State of the Union speech, and 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 you just got a a whole half of the room. Uh, going crazy, and the other half sitting there completely sitting quietly. Still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, right. I don't ever remember anything quite like this. Uh, and it's and very it, difficult. It's very difficult to um, you know nail down where in fact the Christians are sitting in this whole scene. I mean, 80%, 81%, the notorious 81% who voted for, for Trump, no, notorious in the sense that that, that number's bandi- bandied around a lot. And uh, to some, that's a shock. How could you possibly support this man? Others say, well, you know, overlook some of his roughness and his raw way of speaking and his, mm-hmm. and his toughness. In fact, we, we need somebody who takes certain positions that we believe in, and we're going to go with him regardless. So... You, you get that. Um, now you've got the strains going on, you know, within the Christian community, within the church, and you've got secondary conflicts, not just about this man or this group of people who are on top, who are our leadership. We, we've got problems now between ourselves. And uh, I think most of us have experienced that amongst friends, maybe in our own families, maybe inside our own church. And uh, that's, that's, uh, that's what I'm really concerned about more than anything. Yeah. You know, listening to uh, Dr. Brooks and uh, listening to that talk in, 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 in such an incredible time and, and moment, do you think 
do you think there's any hope? I mean, do you think anybody heard it? Uh, do you think there'll be any hope for any action? I, I guess the action will probably be things that we might never see. Uh, but somehow you want somebody to rise up and uh, be an illustration of loving your enemy where it can actually be seen and heard. I'm not sure what I'm saying here, but. Um, yeah, well, ironically, there's a lot of people, there are a lot of people who are, who are doing, they don't make the headlines. They're, they're not, you yeah. know, the, the front runners, they're not running for office, but they're quietly, very often quietly behind the scenes doing things in local communities that are amazing. And they're crossing bridges and they're bringing people together and uh, you can see God at work. Uh, so there's no reason to lose hope because it is happening in lots of ways. And we're not the people who put our hope in politics anyway. We don't believe in salvation by politics. Right. We're not looking for that leader who's going to solve all of our problems. We believe in, if I can put it bluntly, King Jesus. We we believe that he has set uh, a culture, that he has created a, a kingdom. He's invited us to live according to that pattern. And it has an awful lot to do with loving our neighbors and even our enemies. And so we can be the ones to bridge the, the gap and don't need to have control over or to shame anyone or to, you know, win, win the day and win the vote. We don't have to do that. We have to live with integrity and uh, live according to the, the, the way of Jesus, which is uh, the way of compassion, the way of peacemaking, and the way of speaking the truth, but always in love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doug, can, can we can we maybe flesh this out just a little bit? Um, what does it look like to love? What does it look like to love your enemy? I mean, can can you can you think of a picture of this or an illustration in some way? Um, something sure. maybe. Well, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to I don't want to lose the, the three main points of the talk, which I think are really powerful. One is yeah. ask God to help you do the hard thing. Because all of us have emotional reactions, and we all have a certain defensiveness, and we all like to win the argument, and we probably sometimes even like to, uh, you know, shame our enemies. So ask God, you know, help you do the hard thing. Secondly, make yourself accountable to somebody for changing your tone. This is a lot about tone, not just content, but it's about tone, hmm. and the way we approach each other. And then, and then thirdly. You know his his real challenge in the in the talk was now go into situations of conflict where the culture of contempt seems to be holding sway, and introduce um, the spirit of Christ into that. Which means what? Well, I think first of all it means walking in with some humility, saying I still have something to learn, even from my opponent, whoever they are. I have mm-hmm. something to learn about them and their background as to why certain things appeal to them. You know, what are the values behind the the values they, they profess. And maybe I need to start listening a little bit better and a little bit longer. And then when asked if there's an openness, you know, can I share you what share with you what I think and let's look together at this issue and see if we can get closer to some kind of reality, some kind of truth about that. And we don't have to agree even by the end of the day. Um, because part of this is a, a test for me seeing your value as someone God loves, regardless of, of your condition or your opinion or your ideology. Um, and that doesn't mean that I won't have a reaction inside. I might even have some anger, and anger 
by itself is is not a sin. It's 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 a reaction when um, someone's dignity is being threatened, and uh, there's a lot of uh, prejudice and judgment going on, which is obviously unkind and unhealthy. And I see that happening. But now, how can we get around to something that's much more about solving the problem than simply you know finding someone to blame and to uh, ridicule? Well. Well, that's certainly um, something we can all do. In, we can. Uh, it starts with know, me. It starts with us. Yeah. It's not going to start on, a, on the political stage. not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, have, we have the Democrats fighting it out, too. So, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're part of the, part of the, uh, the battlefront. Of course. Yeah. Well, each one of us has to stop and think, well, you know, I, I have a tendency – to diss certain people, you know, and there you go. Uh, I, yeah. I'm doing the same thing. Off and running. And, uh, and we can all we can all justify it. You know, well, I'm right. Would you rather be right or would you rather be loving? Would you rather build a relationship or would you rather win, you know, the argument? You have to make some decisions here. Yeah, yeah. Doug, there is one thing that um, – I'm sorry, I've been trying to look for it, but I think you you know it pretty well because you mentioned it in your talk. Uh, in, in, excuse me, in in the piece that you wrote, it's mm-hmm. it's about it's about um, not necessarily uh, uh, loving those who disagree with you, but something about those who agree with you, oh, do you know what I'm trying to say? Um, yeah, I know what you're trying to say, and that's a quote also from uh, uh, the speaker at the prayer breakfast. He was saying the, the real test is to stand up to those you agree with on behalf of those you don't agree with. In other words, uh, I think of a, a, somebody said, well, what's an example of that? I go back to the New Testament, and at one point Jesus is in going through Samaria, and there is a whole village that rejects him. And his disciples want to call down fire from heaven in righteous indignation because they are rejecting the Messiah. And Jesus turns and confronts them, not the city, um, which has made the wrong choice, obviously, by pushing Jesus away, but turns to his disciples and says, that's, that's not what we're about. We don't, that's, that's not what God is about. That's not how this kingdom works. And so he uh, he has to calm them down. He has to take the, the the sword out of Peter's hand when he wants to defend Jesus in the garden. And you know we don't operate like yeah. that. He, yeah. he who lives by the sword, he 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 who lives by ridicule, you know, dies by it. So um, our goal is to win the war, not to win the battle. And the, the war is an is is a warfare in favor of. It's spiritual warfare. It's in favor of of people. It's trying to win people. It's trying to care for people. It's trying to meet the deepest possible needs. Introducing people to Christ is ultimately what we're about. And then he, he will have his way with them and with us. Yeah. 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 Uh... If you're listening live and you want to call in and make a comment, we have a few more minutes. And uh, if you've got your computer there, the number should be in front of you, 646-716-5721. Yeah. But only if you want to agree with us. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. 
you know, didn't Jesus say uh, one time, he who is not against us is for us? Yeah. That's a... He did. That, that, that opens up quite a bit, doesn't it? Well, I, I, I think there's a, there, there's a, there's a graciousness that, um, now th- th- there's a graciousness that obviously characterizes this whole ministry. And he, and that's constantly scandalous to those who think he should be drawing harder lines and, and, and building walls. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But there are moments when Jesus, you know, leaves behind the sort of um, soft tone and gets pretty rough with those usually, well, always, in fact, the religious leaders who are preventing people from coming to him, who are misrepresenting God, that's called blasphemy, um, who are, um, um, you know, setting up their kingdom as opposed to God's, and Jesus can get very strong. And so it's possible to be strong. Usually, you know, our little little fits of anger don't accomplish, the, you know, the, the values of God at all. In fact, they end up, um, you know, destroying it. Yeah, yeah. I, does that does that confuse you at all? Does that bother you at all? Um, I, I've been thinking some about that because I'm thinking, well, who were Jesus's enemy? Jesus' enemies? Well, yeah. they were the they were, they were the Pharisees, the re, the re, religious leaders, the the, yeah. the one the teachers of the law. They they were the ones who ended up killing him, and yeah. uh, uh, they were his enemies, and and he was pretty harsh to them. I mean, uh, yeah, he he was harsh in the sense that he spoke the truth. It was it was always the truth that he spoke, and it was a the truth they needed to hear, and it was a truth spoken to them in front of a whole mass of people, who um you know. Uh, were watching the Pharisees as they misrepresented God and, and basically excluded the, all the other people. And so Jesus is trying to carve out a way for them to have a relationship with God, and he has to oppose those who are standing in the way. Now, um, ultimately, of course, as they were doing this to him, he said, Father, forgive them. He said, Father, forgive yeah. them. He prayed for them. He did, yeah. he did bless right. his enemies, even as they were putting him to death. So I, I think he passed the test. I, I think he preached, he, he practiced what he was preaching, <laughs> so to say the least. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, he he had that, he spent some good time with Nicodemus. and, and He uh, did. He was he did. in Simon's house, and he patiently tried to teach those guys. And uh, why Jesus well, constantly all... crossed? Yeah, he constantly crossed the barriers. It was you know Roman soldiers, and and there were there were Pharisees, and there were there were Gentiles, mm-hmm. and there were there were lepers, and the demon possessed, and and he was uh, open arms, open arms with with all of them in a way that nobody else has ever been. But his followers uh, are learning to do. I hope we are. Yeah, yeah. Well. Gosh. Um, so we need to practice crossing the lines. We need to practice Republicans and Democrats, you know, um, uh, right wing and left wing, whatever we happen to be, whatever our tradition is, and realize that isn't the ultimate truth. That's just a provisional position we might be taking um, mm-hmm. because ultimately it isn't going to be legislated. It is going to 
you know, take place inside of human hearts. Um, I, I do believe some policies are better than others. Um, I do believe there are some real problems that we have right now and some directions we're going in I think are the wrong direction. But we're talking about how do you have conversations with people and make relationships with people when you have those disagreements. What what gives you a chance of, of, of getting further ahead and actually making um, making a difference and making a change? It isn't yelling at each other. It's not going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have you found anything to be helpful for you, uh, in when it's really hard to overcome, uh, someone who's very difficult to Well, I love? think the, the, uh, the, the third point that he made, um, in his, in his talk was, was really challenging for me. And that is, you know, lean into, uh, the disagreeable person. Um, go, uh, you know, you tend, you tend to want to sit with people that, that agree with you. You know, that's called the echo chamber and all of us do that. And, yeah. uh, and we, we listen to the news source that, you know, reinforces our position. I like to listen to a variety of positions. Um, I don't always like to, but I, but I need to, and I need to have friendships with people who are far away from me and I don't understand where they're coming from or how they can believe what they do. But um, in those conversations, it's always productive. It's always productive, and I become a better conversationalist. I become a better partner, a better friend, um, maybe even helpful in that. I know that they can be helpful to me. That's certainly happened. Where do you uh, – would, would you say you have enemies? I have enemies um, – I can think of in the past, you know, where something has gone wrong one way or another. So um, I'm, I'm kind of hoping there isn't anybody at the moment. Um, <laughs> there, there, there are people who, uh, yeah, probably don't appreciate, you know, what I do or what I believe. Uh, enemy is a strong word, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm blessed in the sense that I live in a country where there's not, you know, um, open warfare most of the time. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I, I don't I don't get the death threats. I mean, our, our brothers and sisters around the world uh, are often facing those kinds of things, and this becomes obviously a very real message, a very existential message for them. Uh, for me, it's just about sort of navigating, you know, some difficult conversations. Yeah, yeah. We have a uh, I have a neighbor across the street that. Um, she, I, I don't know why, but she just does not like us. And um, she's got some ideas about us that I think are wrong. And, um, uh, but she's also kind of the neighborhood busybody in that she watches everything and, and she talks about everything to everybody. And, uh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I guess every neighborhood might have somebody like that, but, um, you know, I, I, I would, I, I think of her as, as an enemy. She, you know, and, and someone I certainly don't, don't like seeing, you know, it's, it's a, it's a difficult thing. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. um, so Sure. You know, how would you counsel me in, in terms of uh, loving my neighbor across the street? Uh, how might um, how might I be able to handle that a little bit better? I I, I kind of want to say something like, you know, bring her some chocolate chip cookies. 
you know, and yeah. just, just just start there. Uh, sometimes that is actually a, a great uh, overture is to start, you know, with something yeah. like that. Uh, you have to be patient. You know, I believe God will show us when there's an opening. And I think I have to sometimes absorb the uh, both the irritation, maybe even the insult or the, uh, you know, whatever I'm feeling that's uh, um, repelling me from this person. And I've not really found out, and I don't know if you have in this case, you know, what what is her background? I mean, what is she going through? What has she endured? Um, there you go. Who 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 is she? Who 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 is she? And. Uh, and what do you have to offer her um, in terms of uh, friendship or concern or fixing her flat tire or, you know, whatever it might be? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, boy, that's that's it. I'm I'm really glad for that last piece because okay. there you, go, you, John. you reminded me that 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 is what uh, always helps me when I get into a difficult place with somebody it's to get in their shoes in some way what what is their reality really like you know and um it's all about empathy and uh, understanding context it really is yeah because you can start to actually see why somebody believes what they believe or you know why they are the way they are and, uh, and not to get too spiritual with you, John, but, you know, Lord, give me your eyes to see her like I don't see her yet. Yeah. Yeah. Empathy. That's yeah. really important. Getting, it's getting the hard thing that we're called to do. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Well, Doug, um, our time's up. I think we uh, I think we did pretty good here. And uh, at least I got something. Useful. Well, let's do it again sometime. Uh, I, I, we will. I, we absolutely will. I'm sure we've solved this topic now for a nation uh, that is no longer at war. They, they have found uh, <laughs> the answer in our, uh, in our dialogue. And uh, wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. yeah. Well, we will go out and be the answer wherever we can. We will. That's the only we thing will. we can. Yeah. Let us the do that. Only... Okay. Doug, thank All you right. so much. Yeah. You're very welcome. Thank you. Well, hey, there you go. That was good. That was good. Another way to look at the world. Another way to look at the problems that are facing us right now. This is important. And this is what we've got uh, to do. So, God bless you. Come back next week. And, uh, we will have something else relevant to talk about, guaranteed. Okay, God bless you all. <laughs>